It is Monday, August 29th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by friends over at DraftKings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the way as well. Good to see you back in your studio, sir. You got the kicked into the house, I guess, now. I'm back in my studio. Here we go. Uh, it feels good. I get my space back. Before, I was like listening to you and on the other end, listening to like my kids fight about something. Wow. So it's nice to be back here in the yeah, peace and quiet. Amazing. We can talk baseball. Big weekend of baseball happened. I know you got a bunch of stuff you want to ask me. You always do. Why you got to ask me so much stuff every day, Chris? What you, well, that's what the show is. We oh, ask questions and we answer them. I mean, what, what are you just supposed to just stare lovingly into each other's eyes? That's not going to happen. Sometimes we do that. You know that. Why, why would true. you bring that up here? Why would you bring that up? Great point. A few things. I am wearing Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp hat. I want to give a shout out to my guy, Scott Kornberg. He was actually my stats guy on the Browns-Jaguars game in Jacksonville. He said, I'm a huge John Boy Media fan. I listen to baseball today, Rose Rotation, talking baseball, all of it. He calls the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp game. Uh, really nice dude. And so he actually sent me, he was like, you want some hats? I'm like, absolutely. So I'll be putting this one out on, excuse me, on social media, along with a few other hats he sent that are really cool. So appreciate it. Shout out, Scott. Good job. Yes. And they're looking cool. I like um, that hat a lot. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They hooked it up. There's some other special ones that I'll be putting out that are really neat too. Last night, I don't know how much you watched Sunday night baseball. Did you watch the game between the cards and Braves? Good one fun it was was a good one yeah go cardinals started out amazingly well so much fun something i had never seen before they mic'd up adam wainwright he and david Cohn had a 14 minute conversation as wainwright went through the paces of his pregame bullpen routine here's just a little taste of what wayno talked about a routine is great as long as it doesn't come become superstition you're out there thinking you got to do exactly the same thing every time to have success, then that's, that's making you a weaker competitor. If they told me right now that I had eight pitches to get loose, I could do that. I was blown away by it. I don't know how you felt as an insider in the baseball world. I understand what he's saying. It's, it's funny because when you first get to the big leagues, all the veterans, all they ever tell you is establish a routine, find a routine that works for you and establish it and do it. But then that's nuance. It's not black and white, like he's saying. Like you get into the biggies, you understand it works for you. But there are times where you can't get certain things done. If you have a certain machine you like to use at the home park, well, it might not be on the road in the visiting weight room. So you have to be able to make adjustments, especially playing as many games as we do. And I think that's kind of what he's talking about right there. Like, you know, we've touched on this show, like Garrett Cole, you know, I think the game started four minutes beyond what it was supposed to, mm-hmm. when it was supposed to start. And he had a problem with it. Well, he's obviously a creature of habit, you know, loves his routine. I think Wayne was talking about stuff like that. where like sometimes, and, and hitters know this better than anyone. There are just things you can't control. And if you let that creep into your mind, that's what he's talking about. You're becoming less of a competitor. So I like that by Wayne. I thought it was very insightful. And he's great, man. Whenever he gets on the mic, it's like, okay, you make some good points, yeah. sir. Well, I thought, he, you know, he started off by saying, hey, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't have done this conversation with you guys a bunch of years ago. He's in such a good place now. Most likely his last year, 40 years old, has one World Series, 
has had individual accomplishments, has made a ton of money, is secure with who he is, not only just in life, but as a ball player, more importantly. Because sometimes when you're around pro athletes, they don't want to give up any little detail that could give somebody else an edge. Like, would there ever be somebody who would let – you think Max Scherzer is going to let a camera and an earpiece get, you know, interfere with his pregame routine? And, and that's not a shot at Max Scherzer. He's just a different guy than Adam Wainwright. Sure, I'm not – he might. I don't know. But I know what you're saying here. I know Scherzer? what you're saying here. He's another yeah. one of those guys. He's done everything. He's established himself clearly. He's one of the best pitchers right. of the generation. Like, I think – like Wayno, though, there'll be a time and place for that for Scherzer. Well, I just thought it was great for for, you know, I mean, like I I sent that clip to Brady, who of course is going to be a junior this year and a pitcher. I was like, listen to this, please listen to the entire thing because he just gave up so many good morsels of information, and our own David Cohn was fantastic during it. Yeah, didn't butt it's, in, didn't get too much. He just let Wainwright go. A lot of good life lessons in there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's get to the weekend. that was um, right after our show finished last Friday. The news broke that Julio Rodriguez was signing a monster extension. And as the next few hours peeled through, we found out a little bit more. So this was a huge weekend for Seattle, which took three of four from the Cleveland Guardians. And now Rodriguez has got a new deal that has a base of 120 mil till 2029 guaranteed 220 million if he hits all of these escalators the deal could be worth a major league record 470 million was this announcement startling or did you say yeah this this all makes sense a little bit of both i mean when you look at that max length and value 18 years 470 million those are just both outrageous numbers i i, I like the structure of it i think it's really cool like you said, he has that deal up until 2029, and then he has a player option that guarantees him another 90. So guaranteed, he's getting 210 million dollars. Uh, but then it has all these escalators if the team picks it up for MVP finishes. And I started thinking about this, little Chris, because like the money gets pretty, pretty big, and like the difference between like a couple top five MVP finishes and like four top five MVP finishes is a lot. So I'm like. Is Julio just going to be like the greatest media guy of all time during these these mm. years? Because you got to buddy up next to these writers, so they you know they give you those extra votes. I mean, oh. an extra first place vote could make him another twenty million dollars. So Julio, like, go ahead and like maybe dish out a Rolex here and there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's Even great for Seattle have- and great for Julio. Oh yeah, and, and you know what? I love the way that baseball is doing business with the young guys. I do, because for years, the sport rewarded guys for what they had done and not what they might do. And I think that we have done a total reversal here, right? We sit here, we see Austin Riley get 220. We see Michael Harris in just a couple of months get basically $80 million. And you sit there and you say, well, what if they don't get there? What if they don't? Well, I think the days of the Albert Pujols 10 for 240 when he's already in his 30s, those are done. Those are done. I think teams have to get smarter, have to dangle that carrot in front of young guys in their early to mid-20s. And I think it's just the smart way of doing business. The smart way. I mean, is there anybody in baseball who's going to bet against Julio Rodriguez 
attaining a lot of these goals? No, and they've had him in the organization, so they know what kind of person he is. That's the big thing. Yeah, they were talking about like how he is so in tune with Seattle and the way they want to run their organization. So it makes sense for them to have him, you know, be the leader there. Okay, if this guy sees eye to eye with us, he's going to make everyone else see eye to eye with us. And then you you have him here now. So now it makes it a destination. Hey, I want to go play with Julio up in Seattle. You know, you can build around this guy, which they're going to do. I agree. It's like, I think we're going to get long-term contracts more and more for the young guys. And then as you get to that free agency and the 30 year old Mark where the teams, you know, are shying away from the longer deals, you're going to see bigger AAV in less years for those types of guys, which I think, I think it's smart. I think both sides here, the players association and you know, the owners, I think it makes sense for both. Absolutely. How could you, if you're in a players association, I know that for years, there are always rumors like when Tony Gwynn accepted a Padres friendly deal that, oh, the the PA's pissed off at him because he didn't push the ceiling higher. You can't be mad at Julio Rodriguez for signing this thing. Hell no. No, no way. And you know what? You hit on something. That the organization trusts him. The whole Tatis story has just taken on a life of its own. And it has... It's been terrible for him. It's been terrible for the Padres. They're still, they still owe him well over $300 million over the life of the deal. And we're sitting there wondering, is Fernando Tatis mature enough to have that responsibility? You haven't heard sure. one peep out of the people in Seattle. But you know, the thing is, Chris, I'm sure at one point someone in San Diego said the same thing about Fernando Tatis Jr. Probably. I'm not saying Julio is going to end up like that and, and pop, you know, positive, but, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't think San Diego was ever like, I don't know if we trust this guy. You don't give that type of money to someone if you don't really feel like you can trust them. And then they got obviously blindsided by this. Yep. No, you're right. You're right on that one. That's fair. By the way, how about that dipshit that was that guy who spoke at, I forget what club it was on Zoom. That oh, yeah. He got fired. The president of the. Yeah. This, I forget his name. Can't ever be the, can't, can't ever be the face of the franchise. What? Excuse me. You know what they ought to do? They ought to send him a uh, Julio Rodriguez jersey. He ought to sign. Julio ought to send him an a signed jersey today. Here you go. I just thought you might want this. Just clip this out and send it to him. What was his name again? Who cares? Dipshit. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. John Boy did a great, great uh, breakdown on that one. That was amazing. Golly, All right, let's bad. continue on. Bigger deal in the National League West. Mookie bets on fire in Miami. Uh, first three games to the series, eight of 15, four homers, a pair of doubles. Or Josh Hader's season with San Diego continues to go up in flames as he was tagged for six runs yesterday in Kansas City while only getting one out. I think the Hader stuff is bigger news. Uh, Mookie's supposed to be this good. It's awesome when he's going hot like this. Like His bat path right now and a couple of those homers he hit I don't want to go too far into this, but he has like an ax bat handle and like the way he's able to like bring those hands down and, and through the ball is incredible. So I love watching him, but he's supposed to do this. That's Mookie Betts, man. Hater's not supposed to be this bad. Like Hater's one of the best closers like in our era, in our generation. Like he really is. And he's just having troubles. And, and for a while, like mechanical issues seem to 
be the problem. You know, like they were talking about his arm slot was a little lower, needed to be a little higher. Or no, it was too high. It needs to be brought down a little low. But now it's like he needs to go get checked out, right? Like this is, he's just not right. So if you're San Diego, you have to think about your options here. You have him under control next year. So like, and you still have him for the playoffs. You want him to be good. Like, is there a time now? Do we phantom him? And remember the minor leagues are still going all through September because they started late. So can you phantom him? Try to figure out something, let him rest for a bit, then send him down to the minor leagues and have him work on stuff and then hopefully bring him back up and he can help you, you know, in that last, you know, two weeks. I don't know, man. I don't know what you can do. You can't keep running them out there like this at the major league level. You just can't. It's gotten to the point where it's painful to watch him pitch. You know how it, like there are certain players in pro sports where you can't watch them do something. Can't watch a guy shoot a free throw. Can't watch a wide receiver try and catch a football because you know, he won't right now. Mm -hmm. You can't watch him pitch. Mm -mm. You, You can't do it. It is. It's excruciating, and I feel for the guy. I know it's been a, a tough year for he and his, his wife. They went through, you know, some pregnancy complications. We don't know what happens off the field. Like, this, we're only privy to seeing him one inning at a time a couple of times a week. Other than that, we do not want, know what's going on in his life. We hope everything is okay. But, man, to watch him play baseball right now, and I never thought we would get to this point with Josh Hader, certainly not at this point of his career, where you watch him and you feel for him. Yeah. What did Milwaukee know? Do you know what I mean? I told you this, dude. I, and I told you this well before um, he got traded. I said, I will, at some point, it feels like they've run him into the ground. And that happens with relievers a lot. Look at his numbers, okay? 28 runs in his last 21 innings after having given up zero in his previous 38 It's he thought he was tipping pitches. That's how bad it got. You know, these hit these pitchers will get into their head like it's not me, it's not me. I'm tipping my pitches, you know, whatever. But it's gone past that, Chris. It's he's not tipping his pitches, or like is he tipping his pitches, having mechanical issues, and like is something hurt? It could be all three. I don't know, man. It's just it, like you said, it's very painful to watch him. His ERA is over 23 with the Padres. He was pitching in like a he was pitching in like a five-run game yesterday. It wasn't even close. You know, they're, Bob Melvin and his crew are trying to ease him back, trying to get him some confidence. But there's nothing you could do. You can't have a reliever hide in an easy inning. There's no such thing. That's why I'm saying, like, the Phantom DL is a an IL, excuse me, is a, a viable option here. If, you, if he's not structurally damaged, if he's, like, okay structurally, then – you know, it could be something mentally. It could be something mechanically that you'd have to like make a big adjustment. You don't want to send him out on this level again. Like you just said, you're embarrassing the guy basically is what's happening right now. Send him down to the minor leagues. You can hide the minor leagues. You're down there to work on things. You don't have to worry about, you know, there might be a blurb about your performance, but no one cares. They know you're down there to work on things. He needs to go do that, man. Or, or, really? or like that- shut it down or shut it down. Don't you think? God. Yes, but. When, when a guy has this much service time, don't they have to ask him if it's okay to send him to the minor league? Sure, Isn't sure. They have to talk to him about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Would I don't you, think he has any approach. He, does he have any options left? Let me see. I don't know. How do you find that out? Would you? God, I can't believe that they would want to do or he would want to do that. If do they you, came to him with a concise plan saying like, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to send you down. We want you to work on this. Guarantee we're going to bring you up. 
uh, September 20th. So go down there, work for three weeks. How do you say no to that, man? And you do, and and Dan says he has two options left, so they can do it. Oh my God. Why do you think that's so bad? I feel like that happens quite often. It, it, it happens occasionally. It does happen occasionally. I remember it happening with some big name guys. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Yeah, it's tough, man. His numbers in San Diego are brutal. Four and two thirds, 12 hits, 12 runs, seven walks, eight strikeouts. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there. I know this is baseball today, but it's okay if other things get you excited too. Like I am excited about football being back. We got college football back. The NFL is back. Bring on the bets. DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook app, is dishing out a killer deal for new customers. And I really like this one because I like free money. You bet $5 on any college football wager and you're going to instantly receive $200 in free bets. And it's so easy. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, new customers use promo code JOMBOY. That's J-O-M-B-O-Y. And you'll receive $200 in free bets instantly when placing a $5 wager. That's promo code JOMBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. More surprising sweep. Angels taking it three north of the border or the Diamondbacks getting sweepy in Chicago? You know, I'm not talking about the White Sox anymore. I'm not talking about the White Sox, Chris. My God. So I'm going to talk about the Angels going up in Toronto. I thought it was a great series for a couple different reasons. One, this is like, do you remember like back in May when they were just running hot? This yeah. was the team. Like they went in, they didn't, they steamrolled the Blue Jays, dude. They went in there and beat them. This is the team that was then early May, man, when we were like, you guys are awesome. And they, and everyone was going off Shohei doing his thing, you know, throwing, you know, matching up against Manoa, hitting oppo bombs, uh, squid Velasquez, two homers up there in Toronto. Like they, they were getting crazy performances from everybody early on. And that's what happened, you know, in this series, but Toronto, they were, they won seven of the last eight going into this series. they had yep. swept the angels at home uh, in the previous matchup. And now the angels go in and sweep them. Not great timing for the Blue Jays, but uh, it was fun to see the Angels like look good again. I remember how fun that team was, and they've been so depressing since then. It was kind of cool to see them, you know, bust out the whooping. By the Mike way, Trout Mike Trout, good. Yeah. yeah, he's homered in four of his last five games. I love that. His swing is that. so freaking nice, dude. When he is on, like. If there's a reason why every hitting guru copies Mike Trout's swing, it's because it's it's perfect. Um, so the Angels outscored the Jays twenty-two to three, and to me, that's the biggest story: is that somehow uh, the Angels' pitching held Toronto at bay. That was the biggest part. As much as we want to talk about Shohei, and well, Shohei was the reason on Saturday. My God, he's just so good. He's so freaking good. Who was it that tweeted about him this weekend? Oh, it was Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, he did. The, uh, the former NBA coach who got yep. in on the act. Like, we've seen J.J. Watt. We've seen Kevin Durant. And then it was just kind of this one out of nowhere. Stan Van Gundy saying, are people paying attention to what Shohei Otani is doing? I was like, hey, man, Stan Van Gundy's on the train. And he's 100% right because Jesus, it's just – I hate it that they suck so bad because he has an amazing day like Saturday. And we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he just, he did it again. He did it again. 
it's got to do a better job of paying attention. And we've we've already got Shohei fatigue because of the Angels and how bad they are. Like people are already just saying Judge has the MVP, but it's like you have to look at this, guys. We have to like remember this is something that just doesn't just doesn't happen. He leads. I saw some stat on on the MLB app. It was like he leads the team in homers and innings pitched, and that hasn't happened since like eighteen. 70 something of course right i mean because, right i get it yes oh unreal oh, by the know, way dude. the um toronto was swept at home for the first time in 14 months it's another big deal i think this american league wild card is going to be so fun over the last month because you're going to some teams that are going to go on like a four or five day run while somebody else hits a shitter and all this sort of stuff by the way i know we don't want to talk about the white Sox. What per- what percent chance do you give them of making the playoffs? They're six games back in the wild card. They're five games back of the division. They're two games under 500. They've lost four in a row. I don't know, Chris. I'm going to give them a chance. I, there's still a chance. They can go off and, okay. and, and run this. But, like, you know, I think Moncada went on the IL last night. Like Jimenez's leg is hurting. Like their legs are always hurting in Chicago. I don't know what's going on, dude. I don't know, man. Uh, I give him like a 18% chance. Less than one in five. I think that's right where I'm living too. I mean, the guardians are like, are they running away with this thing? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's their way in, but. I don't think they can catch the wild card. Maybe they catch the Guardians. How about that? Or the Twins. I think that the AL Central and the AL wild card will be fascinating over the last yeah. few, you know, few weeks. What are we at here? We're on, we're on August 29th. So we got five weeks left, basically. Five right? weeks left. So there's there's time. Uh, the Twins three games back. Orioles one and a half games back of the wild card. That to me is crazy baltimore is yeah. the most surprising team of the season by far and, and what they just a great keep winning weekend. yeah what a great weekend for their pitching staff in houston <laughs> i know they lost sunday but i can't i cannot believe what they continue to do pitching wise it's just uh, it's unbelievable there i guarantee you most baseball fans could not name five pitchers on their team we've done this before we've already you got me on that Although I think we were talking about their starters. Yeah. All right. We've got an interesting story from Ken Rosenthal uh, on The Athletic. Um, Rob Manfred had a private dinner. He has it every year at Cooperstown with with all the Hall of Famers. Several of them apparently confronted him about the state of the game. And the biggest voice in the room was Rod Carew, who basically said it's unwatchable. And then he took it to his, like, newsletter that he puts out in public and rob manford was like yo what is said in this room is supposed to stay in this room you're not supposed to do that he called it quote wholly inappropriate that carew would air his grievances publicly so do you a agree with the commissioner and b should baseball even listen to legends about the current state of the game so let's start with a oh man uh no I think reading the article and knowing Carew, I feel like 
he didn't just do that on a whim. He just didn't go to his newsletter and write that on a whim. He probably thought about it a lot. And I know that this frustration has been building up within this group. You know, if you, if you read the article, they talk about that. And so I think there was at a time where he said, I just needed to get this out. And now here we are talking about it. And the commissioner of baseball, you hear that title and you seem to think like this guy's the protector of the sport, but we know Chris, that's not the case. He's the protector of the owners. That's mm -hmm. what he is. So we have to get this, like this false narrative out that he's going to protect baseball at all costs. He's going to protect the ownership group at all costs. That's his job. He's even said that like, that is his most, that's first in line. If people are talking about him and not talking about the owners, he's done his job. So like, that's what he is. B, I think we should listen to guys that have played the game. Like they're part of our history. They should be part of our future as well. Now, I think Jim Cott was like, had some really good quotes in this article because he's been, you know, in the broadcast booth, understanding that this, the role of analytics, I mean, they are here to stay. But I think what a lot of people want, and this isn't just like legends, this is like people within the game that are still playing right now. It's like, we understand that, the data is here, but like, let's try to keep it in the front office. Like, let's keep it off of the field. Like, I, I think some of the things that we're about to do will help with what these guys want, like banning the shift, the pitch clocks will help with the speed of the, the pace of the game. Excuse me. Um, Jimmy talks about leaving paper off the field. I don't like the pitch com. I don't like the, I, I, I was okay with the defensive cards for a while, but now I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Like, let's get out there and have these guys like use their head a little bit like that. That's kind of what people want to see. And I think some of those things will come. So I'm like, I think Rob is trying to do some things, but I think these guys want it to happen faster. How about that? I don't think everything is up for public consumption. So I'm going to start with the first part of the question. Okay. Um, I always I do think that there's there's safe places that you should be able to have discussions and not have fear of public retribution. I think that's how you make progress a little bit. Not everything has to be out there. I understand why Rod Carew did it, I guess. I mean, in reading quotes from an unnamed Hall of Famer, he said, listen, Rod, Rod's gone through a lot and I've met him several times. He's a wonderful man. I love talking to him, um, but he's gone through a ton health wise. I mean, there's. Yep. He basically shouldn't be here. I mean, he has yep. He has danced with that side of it and somehow made it through. So good for him. And I think he feels like a little bit like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I want to get stuff off my chest and I want to share it with people. So I understand that side of it. But I do think that there's a way to handle things behind closed doors and, and get your point across and achieve what you want to achieve. The other part is, should we listen to Hall of Famers? Yeah, I think that you owe them that respect. The greatest in the game I'd, I'm not one of those people that, oh, they're just old. They don't deserve to be heard. They do. You also have to explain to them why certain things have changed. It can't be as simple as, well, that's not the way we used to play it. That's not a good enough argument for me. That's not good. That falls on deaf ears, in my opinion. So I would like to hear what bothers them. And if the way the game is going is different, I would try to explain to them, here's why the changes were made, or here's why the game is a little different. You know, a lot of these guys, they are around the game still. They take a lot of these special assistant roles. But I, I do know from talking to them, they don't feel like their voice is heard. They don't. And that's got to be frustrating. Yep. You know, you give oh. your life to this game. Like, I mean, how long has Rod Carew been in baseball? 
60 well, years I don't know. right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, from so, Panama. He, yeah. Like it gets frustrating. If you have this meeting and you're talking behind closed doors and you don't think anything's getting done. Like I understand, like I love Rod. First of all, I've known Rod for a long time. He's always around. He's helped me out in my career immensely. One of the smarter guys, smarter baseball guys you'll ever meet. If he's fed up with like having this conversation and nothing happening, that's why he wanted to do something. But I, I again, I, I do think that we are making some changes to not appease these guys, but you know, to fix what they're talking about, the pace, the shifts, all that stuff. Like analytics are here to stay, data is here to stay. I do agree that we need to kind of get it off of the field. That's why I love the the new challenge rule in the minor leagues that we talked about where it's the pitcher and the catcher and the hitter are the ones doing this stuff. That's what I want. I want baseball to be played by the players. I don't want chess pieces. I don't want that. I don't want front office ball. I want these guys going out there and laying it out on the line, being athletic, using their own head. Sure. We can use the front office for, you know, you know, to help us prepare, but once we're on the field, like it should be baseball players. All right, speaking of legends, uh, Ichiro went into the Mariners Hall of Fame, did an eight-minute speech in English, and it was unbelievable. Uh, Here's just a little taste. Most days, I still wear the Mariners uniform, and I do so proudly. I want our players to know I am with you in your fight to be the best. It was freaking unbelievable. There was humor in it. His stuff about Jamie Moyer was hilarious. Um, do, I, do you feel cheated that we didn't get to hear more from Ichiro throughout his career? I know that he admitted during the speech, he's like, I'm much more comfortable in my English today than I was during a player. But I thought he had so much to share with us as baseball fan base. I almost feel like cheated that we didn't get to interact with him. Yeah, I I think he might go on some sort of tour now. We might hear a lot from him. Hopefully there's some documentaries, stuff like that coming up because I yeah. I don't know if I feel cheated, but like, I want to know more, man. Like I want to, I want Yeah. Yeah. I want the backstory. I want to hear it in his own words. I'd love to hear him talk about pretty much anything, dude. And if you just, I mean, really, I would love to just pick his brain about hitting and just to hear what he thinks about. It, I think it's so fascinating because he is just, I mean, he hit 372, Chris. What year was that? 2004. He hit 372. Like this guy's special. Year he, yeah. He, by the way, his voice I would never have nailed that voice on Ichiro. It was really? it is a great it's a great voice. I love it. Maybe he'll get in the Man. booth and stuff. Yeah, people yeah, people definitely want to hear more from Ichiro. Everybody. And that's like throughout baseball. That's not just in Seattle, you know, it's not just in Japan. That's throughout baseball. People, I mean, Ichiro, he's a he's a one-name guy. You know, when you get to that status, yeah. Everyone wants to hear from you, man. Get um, him on the Rose rotation. Dude, oh. Don't you do can that. do it. I have a great relationship with the people in Seattle, but I, do you think that he would sit down with me for 40 minutes and talk? Yeah, I, I, I think he might start doing that. Do you think he would spin the wheel of moderately interesting things? 
I could ask you, him a stranger things question. Awesome. <laughs> I think you'd be great at it, dude. I really do. I, I do too. I, oh, all right. I'm trying. I'll try. Uh, yeah. What do you have coming up on John Boyd? Right after this, uh, the Monday series recap, talking baseball with the boys. Mondays are my favorite episode. So um, yeah, we're going to get a little bit giddy on there. What about you, man? Uh, we did not have a Rose rotation drop today. Normally we do on Monday because uh, the schedule just got a little wonky this weekend. So we just taped Miguel Rojas before this show. It'll be out tomorrow. He's great as always. We spent a lot of time talking to him about his family. His sister paid a visit. Uh, Venezuela Heritage Night in Miami was a big thing for him. We talked to him about the World Baseball Classic. He's helping me buy something for the first time ever in my life. So this is a very exciting endeavor, too. What? Yeah, he's helping me make a purchase. Yeah. Okay. He's not paying for it. He's helping. He's uh, giving me guidance with something. You're finally so getting that Ferrari outside. you wanted. Quiet. He drives a Lamborghini, not a Ferrari. Oh, Lambo. Isn't that yeah. the same thing? I don't think so. I'm not a car guy, but I don't Aren't know. Teslas faster than both those cars? I don't know. I had a Tesla. Mine was not that fast. Okay. All right. Uh, we're back at it again on Tuesday. So for producer Dan and Trevor Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.